This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Pull forward from Stevenage now. Gilby in the middle. And then Rose up front with that. Either side of him, those two pacey players, and here's one of them flitting in. Here's a chance, yes! and it's gone in. And the Borough scores through Jamie Reid, and it is the two attacking players who combine. Roberts delivering in from the right, and Reid heading in just inside the six-yard area. How crucial is that going to be? As it stands, Stevenage are going up. There's a long, long way to go, but they lead one 0 here. It's kind of a quarter of the game or just about but they've just got to keep it going and we will see another facet coming in short oh yes sure. yeah it's soon they're going to be trying to look after what they've got but they have a chance here and an opportunity edge of the penalty area Reed he's going to lay it off Wild in his air Pretty good. Very, very well. Very, very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just... Uh... Did everyone have a good weekend? <laughs> One to remember. <laughs> yeah. Um... We're League One. Damn right. It's nearly sunk in I... and everything. It's nearly sunk in, yeah. It's um, just mad, isn't it? Absolutely mad. Considering where we were, what this time last year, yeah, wild. Considering where we were, you know, a month ago when some dickheads were saying, "Oh, we're definitely (laughs) going to finish in the playoffs and fail to win them," you know, what kind of idiot say something like that? Us, Um, 
let's let's introduce the uh, the the third party. You've heard myself, obviously. You've heard Pat. You have heard this other guy. Um, it's been a long time coming, mainly because you don't really go to Borough anymore. Uh, <laughs> Alan fucking Woods is here. Hello, mate. Hey, how's it going? Good to be here. Oh, excellent. Um, you probably have the best uh, best record of any Stevenish fan in the country, <laughs> right? Three wins, three attendance, three games, three wins. Uh, this season, yeah. Yeah, not all right? time. I, I, I've, no, I've lived through time. a lot of pain that everyone else that's listening has lived through as well. Um, yeah, you stopped coming when we got good. Uh, yeah, not necessarily through choice. Well, partly through choice, but um, other things just sort of took precedent. But yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Three wins, three massive wins. Um, Villa away, uh, obviously expected to win that. Uh, Orient at home, obviously expected to win that. And I actually didn't expect to win on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, uh, three good games. The last, not necessarily the best quality, but, uh, yeah, what a result. Yeah. I mean, there have been moments this season where I'm like, oh, it's all going to shit. But it's just been incredible. It's just been absolutely fucking mental. I just can't, I'll try and compose myself and stop swearing in a minute, but it's, just been unbelievable to be a. Part I guess my, of it. my goal difference is positive six as well because it was two two mm-hmm. one Villa. I've only seen this concede against Premier League opposition uh, <laughs> this season. <laughs> There's probably not many people that can say yeah, that. That's, that's, that's the thing. The only the only person you've seen score against Stevenage this season is more. Yeah, Samson. right. And he doesn't score against anyone. <laughs> so but in perspective, your goal difference is eleven better than Barrows. Well, there you go. <laughs> and then ninth. <laughs> Not for long. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, so let's let's get into Saturday and let's talk all about how it happened. Um, so uh, I got there nice and early, popped into the 76, got, got my... Got my laptop and everything set up when I popped into the 76 because I can move from the West Stand into the North, thanks to my uh, accreditation. Actually, I'm not sure that I'm technically allowed to, but I do anyway because there's no stewards around at that time to stop me. Um, As we saw, they're not good at stopping people doing stuff they're not supposed to. So, <laughs> encourage uh, it, probably right. Encourage it, yeah. Um, well, he, uh, a guy did ask me what I was, what I thought I was doing coming in from the stadium into the uh, North Stand to have a drink. Um, and I flashed my pass at him, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, sir," um, which was which was a, a bit weird. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just the speed with which the ground filled up, and how early it filled up as well, which is obviously people just really eager to get in and and start start the party early. I guess um, it's just electric. From the first, from I mean, before kickoff, but from the first minute, it was just electric. Yeah, I've never known it like it. I got, I got to the ground about quarter two, planning to meet Dean in the seventy six, but that was queued down the road. The top turnstiles of the East Terrace were queued down the road because um, they weren't mm-hmm. open yet. So I did a lap, thinking maybe I'll nip into the uh, Broadhall Suite. And I met Fiona and that were outside there, had a nice chat with them and then thought, ah, screw it, I'm just going to go in the ground because it's building up and it's buzzing, you can hear it's buzzing. 
So I got in the ground at like quarter to two, which is a lot earlier than usual. And it was a lot busier than usual. And it just got a place on the terrace near lovely Carol and then got slowly surrounded. And at like quarter past two, it's like, well, I'm not getting out of here for the next three hours. So uh, super. We just, there's more singing before um, for, before the match started during the play, during the warm-ups than we've had in full matches under some Tisdale, so we won't name. <laughs> <laughs> How early did you get there, Alan? Uh, well, actually, I probably just missed Pat. Uh, so I tried to get into the 76, never been in the 76, didn't even know the rules of how to get into the 76, so it shows you how, uh, if, I, if I do get a chance to go, I'm a bit in and out, like a ghost, I guess, um, but got there a little bit early, obviously it's been busy, uh, yeah, probably missed Pat by like 5-10 minutes, which is a shame, because I've spoken to Pat online numerous times, but never actually met him in person, so that's a bit of a shame, but next time, um, League One, I guess, um, yeah. Couldn't get in 76, went to Broadway Suite. Spoke to a couple of Grimsby fans outside. Lovely sunny day. Uh, and then, yeah, queued for forever to get into these terrors. I think the queue for these terrors when I joined, uh, I could have gone in like underneath the terrace, but the queue was sort of backed past the buses, sort of back into that like side uh, alleyway. So I thought, no way. Uh, went the other way, thinking the normally terrace entrance would be much better. And I basically started where the queue for the main stand was, <laughs> so it was. It was <laughs> but they have more, they have more turnstiles, yeah, so great. I felt vindicated. Um, but yeah, no, it was, already, it was already by the time I got in, it must have been about twenty to three, something like that. But yeah, heathen. Um, actually, easier to breathe than the Orient game. I I accidentally found myself near the away end uh, on the East Terrace for the Orient game, and. Couldn't really breathe. Couldn't really, couldn't really stand up. You couldn't see where the walkway yeah. was down the stairs, which oh, naughty stewards, uh, should be doing better than that. But um, yeah, it, it was actually not. It was comfortably busy. Um, but yeah, I completely echo what Pat says there. That I think we've all been to games where it's library esque, and this was anything but. It was more carnival, which is a yeah wonderful thing. And it's, hopefully, we can continue that into League One. I think that's maybe one of the things we've not been so good at doing previous times when we've got up to League One. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, the gate, we know the fact that the gate didn't really rise all that significantly last time we went up to League One. But I think that's just a, I think that's almost probably because things happened so quickly that your casuals didn't really sort of take much notice and, and sort of catch up with it. Whereas now I think... We've been an established football league club for over a decade now, and you know I know it's been touch and go at times, but we are, and now we're in League One. Hopefully, that hopefully the momentum this season's given us, and it's like Dracus says, you're seeing kids around town wearing the merchandise now, yes. a lot more than you were back the first time we got promoted. So it's it's really that generational embedding of having a league standard football team and taking down higher league teams on the regular in cups and that sort of thing that's really caught it on it's no longer like a you know a niche slightly embarrassing thing being a Stevenage fan it's a thing to be proud of which is good yeah it's two things on that one thing that's just talking about this it's reminded me of a, a message I got from a friend uh you know when we, we have we're having a rough patch right uh, prior to like the last month um I had a friend who, who's local but not a Stevenage fan in any way shape or form Messed me saying he knows why we, there's a Spurs shop now in Stevenage, uh, given the uh, 
hmm. the Spurs-esque collapse from Stephen and Joe over the, the previous weeks. So I'm glad that that's sort of been turned around and there's been plenty of opportunities on Twitter. I see them all the time of people hunting down people that uh, vilified and didn't around like the Macclesfield situation or were reveling in our disappointments. Yeah, that's, that's been a beautiful thing. Uh, but looking forward to the next year, or uh, next season rather, let's hope we get an absolute corker opening day. Uh, I know some people will say they don't want a home game opening day. Let's get a, you know, we're, we're a Bolton. All these teams can't go up to a, like a Bolton or a Derby or um, even like a Peterborough, which is like fairly local. Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, if they don't make it. Uh, no, they're going up. <laughs> not worried. I'm not worried. Yeah, let's, let's, get, let's get an absolute smashing game opening day or first home game at, at an absolute minimum. Try and ride that wave as long as we can. And, uh, you know, if, if we get a result there, then that's when I think there is real potential for it to carry on a little bit more into the new season, which that's what we all want, right? We want to, they, they deserve to be followed with the performances they've put in. I'm sure the squad's going to change a little yep. bit between now and then. Uh, probably needs to change a little bit between now and then. Um, by hook or crook, I guess. But uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, there's so much to be positive about being a Stevenish fan right now. And Steve yeah. made that very clear in the post-match interview. It was like, oh yeah, I'll be down Bradbury End with Leon sorting things out for next year as of next week. You know, it never stops. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Jamie Reid, early goal, offside. It was definitely offside, 100%. Yeah, but God, we needed it. Oh, and you couldn't see, because like Alan describes, like it was so packed. As soon as people started celebrating, you couldn't see the linesman or really anything down the end. So everyone went mad. And obviously the Grimsby yeah. fans found it hilarious, as you would, very rightly so. Yeah. It's one of the funniest things yeah. in football, watching people celebrate a goal that's not a goal. Um, <laughs> and it, it would have been a lovely nerve settler. And as it was, it let Grimsby grow into the game a bit. And although they didn't really create any dangerous chances, they pinned us in and got a load of corners and just made everyone a bit nervous because we didn't have any control. It was all clear it, bring it back, clear it, bring it back. One of your centre-backs sends another of your centre-backs to hospital and you have to recover from that. You know, it was nervy times. Yeah, a nerve-wrecker as opposed so, to a nerve-settler. Yeah. Yeah, it really it really was. So, I mean, they, they almost benefited in terms of a goal, potentially a card, potentially a red card in the the challenge that went in because Kane Smith brought down, um, I believe it was Lloyd, their number nine, um, after Crocombe took the goal, the free resulting free kick very quickly, which you know, is absolutely the right thing to do um, in in their in that respect. You know, the, the referee, the referee's blown as we saw. He's indicated it's a offside. Goalkeeper's got the ball in hand, puts it down, plays. I don't have any problem with that. Nope. Uh, I did hear some people complaining why the referees let him take it. Because, you know, a, but indirect free kicks, they're much less, generally speaking, I think it's sort of an unspoken rule, but they're less sort of, there's less of a thing about it than a direct free kick, right? And I mean, technically it's direct free kick, I suppose. Um, it's not, an, it's, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would assume that you can f- score from a free kick that's taken inside your own penalty box because the opponent was offside because it's just a standard infraction. That's yeah. A, yeah. Um but you know it's it's free kicks in that sort of range. You know, the goal the referee doesn't have to blow his whistle to indicate that you can take the free kick. So it's just something that happens. I don't know how often unless a team's time wasting that the referee will blow his whistle and tell someone 
go and take the free kick, it's fine. When they're in their own half, it's just not something that typically happens. So they smashed it down the field and Kane Smith got, Kane Smith was a very lucky boy that uh, the linesman was as, as, as asleep as the rest of our squad was. Yes. Um, because they realised almost immediately that the uh, goal was ruled off for outside, but they didn't hurry back. No. <laughs> so they were all upfield when... Uh, when uh, Lloyd Lloyd went to control the ball and was 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 pulled to the floor by Kane Smith, um, but you're right. I think I think not winning that, um, not 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 going ahead in the first first couple of minutes, just sort of, I felt like oh, here we go again, um, and then Grimsby sort of getting on the front foot. They had you know 50, 53-54% of the possession in that first 30 minutes um they were they were winning the aerial duel um they were they were putting in tackles and winning the ball more successfully than we were uh they had six corners in that first half an hour yep um so at hour 1 it was it was a difficult sort of half an hour i was saying the other day it was 20 minutes but looking at it it was more like half an hour of really difficult football basically for us um i think the the defense have to be i mean the whole team but obviously the defense in particular have to be credited because while while um while grimsby's players you know taylor and lloyd were getting getting odd chances clifton and hulahan uh, were pushing forwards and and causing a few problems down the wings um uh they didn't really like Pat said. They didn't really trouble trouble us too much. Uh, you know, they had they had three shots. We had three shots. They had one on. Uh, we had one on target. They didn't have any on target. Um, and we we put two blocks in, and their other was off target. So it's a. It's, it, I think credit has to go to the defense to for them to putting up that sort of staunch defense. Yeah, that's why it was such a worry losing Bozzy that early because he was being commanding and making good clearances from their corners. So yeah. it was a big part of the reason why they weren't creating many chances from the set pieces, despite winning so many. And when Luther came on and was playing as like a makeshift third centre-back, he's all right in that role. It's not his best role. And well, I think he did really not, well, actually. Yeah, but he's certainly not as strong in the air as uh, Bostwick is. Bozzy, yeah. It was weird seeing Luther and Kane play next to each other, wasn't it? I don't hate it though, but the, the switch at half time for Smith off for Forstakowski was sensible, I think, and it certainly helped us establish that control we were lacking in the first half. Because then we ended up with four midfielders in him: Reeves, Gilby, and um, Roberts, who were all sort of. They were all capable of um, controlling a ball, taking it away from a Grizzly player, and creating. And when you've got four players who can all do that in that sort of role, it makes you a much more dangerous prospect. Yeah, Alan. Uh, I don't have that much to add. I think uh, to what you guys have said, I think it was such a major let off that Kane Smith incident straight after the disallowed goal. I, I was right down that end, so I couldn't have. I didn't have a clue really whether it was offside or not um, from the angle. But yeah, unfortunately, I had a very good view of the Kane Smith thing, and I was. I was very, very, ner- very nervous at that point. And Hard I, 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 
don't know how it wasn't even a foul, but I guess if it was a foul, then it probably was a red card. Um, so the fact that nothing was given was quite typical, unfortunately, of, yeah, as Nate just said, the linesman on that side who was, uh, let's be polite, he was not having his best day. Let's say that. But in, in, in general, yeah. the, um, the first half was a, was a bit of a grind. It, yeah, it, it was. I mean, from from the thirtieth minute onwards, we we definitely came back into things. You know, we we had we had three shots in the first half an hour. We had another three in that 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 sort of last fifteen, well, twenty minutes with the added time um, to their one. We, we our possession went up to fifty six percent. Our pass rate, our pass success rate improved by about five to ten percent. Uh, we then. Uh, started to dominate in the air. We were putting more tackles in. We had three corners. Uh, Grimsby had none. We really pushed on and really sort of asserted ourselves. Um, and I guess around that sort of half hour mark is just where I think we started to slow the slow the game down a bit. We stopped sort of just firing the ball back to Grimsby so they could build forward again. Um, and we we just looked to. I don't know. I think I think the players, the players, something switched in them because they'd sat through this tough sort of half an hour where things really weren't going very well. We were sort of we were sort of comfortable, but we couldn't really get a grip on the game. Um, and they, I think I don't know whether it happened at half time or a little bit earlier, but you could definitely see something in in them where they were like, "No, we can, we we can do this." Yeah. Um, and by the end of that half, we looked like we were going to. Um, I was a big fan of the change that was made at halftime, like you mentioned, with Four Sakaski coming on and um, Smith going off. And we actually went to like a four, four, two, three, one with Reeves and Four Sakaski, um, sort of sitting, sitting, sitting as central midfielders, but sitting a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then with um, Gilby through the middle, uh, Roberts playing out, I think he was out right, and uh, Reed playing on the left wing. Um, and as a sort of tra- attacking midfield trio, with, then with Rose up top on his own. And it was... Um, it was definitely it definitely helped us deal with their stern sort of five at the back, having more players operating in that attacking yeah. that final third. Um and as soon as that change happened, I mean a couple of minutes into the half, I was like, Okay, this is this is fine, this is us now. Like yeah. I'm comfortable with this. We look good on the front foot. I think Grimsby for the large parts did defend pretty well. Um but we we looked far more comfortable of the of the two teams. Second half, we had ten shots, five on target, uh, two off, three blocked. So they're two shots. Uh, we had two corners. They had one. We won the aerial duel overall. Um, we put in more tackles. We won the ball more often. Their pass success rate was actually a little bit higher. But then I think that's because at times, particularly towards the end of the half, we were sort of smacking we we did get into that have back into that habit of smacking the ball long and trying to win it high up the pitch um yeah and they were happy for a point and playing to nick a one nil so there was a bit of oh we'll we'll just keep it and have a little breather and hold you off for a bit at nil nil yeah absolutely um 
come and come and see the the Jamie Reed goal that stood. Um, I think the work from Roberts to keep the chance alive when it sort of it did to, did look like it was going to break down when the ball sort of it slipped out slipped out right, um, and then the cross to find Reed for the un- uncontested header was fantastic. It was a really great um, move. Yeah, yeah, came from a long throw and about seventeen contested headers, and then suddenly broke. Sorry, that's all right. I was going to say the the ball from Roberts made the finish easy for Reed, uh, and, and it was a little bit fortunate. Ball got a little bit stuck under his feet before he sort of knocked it out further than I thought he'd ever really wanted to. But yeah, he, he you know he took his time. There wasn't that much pressure from the left back. Gave him the opportunity to pick his spot, find Reed, and yeah, it was a great finish. But yeah, the, the ball the ball absolutely made it what it was, and yeah, obviously. The, the crowd went crazy, which was great. Everyone loved it, and that's what that's what we're there for. We're all there for that that one goal, and you could definitely see the weight lift after that goal. Yeah, you might feel a little hard done by if they were all appealing for offside, but when you watch it back, they're all stood still, and Reed is the only one moving mm. towards and anticipating the cross. And you run the risk then, and the lower down the lead yeah. you go, the more likely you are to get an incorrect decision in that sort of situation. So you've got a first and foremost, mark the striker in the middle and stop him getting his header in. And they didn't, and they got punished for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then it was 10 minutes of pressure. Um, we we were all over him um, after after the after the Reedy goal leading up to Luther's, uh, Luther's goal, um, which still feels weird saying Luther's goal. Um, mean. I, I, think I, I think I've seen <laughs> all of Luther's goals. In a seamless shirt. Were you at Salford away? Uh, maybe I'm wrong there. Home games then. Home <laughs> goals. Uh, he's only scored three. Yeah, hasn't I think he? I've seen three. The Mac- Macclesfield goal where he, uh, where I, I shouted, "Don't shoot!" and everyone laughed yeah. at me while celebrating. <laughs> um, what a banger! Salf- that was. Salford away, and then here. I don't remember any other goals from Luther. No, that's why I'm quite confident in saying it. <laughs> Instantly slaps down. Um, yeah, so anyway, the Luther's goal. Um, again, the ball, the ball, the ball sort of come forward down the right channel, um, and we actually lose possession. It looks like it's gone out for a throw. Certainly, you know, Rob Roberts is appealing for it. Um, Luther, though, is, seems to be the only person that sort of certainly the only Stevenage player that doesn't stop as Grimsby try to try to clear their lines. Um, and then I think it's it's it might be Mayo or uh, Waterfall, uh, Waterfall, which is a hilariously poor surname, um, who gather, gather the ball and move it, try to move it out towards the right, and Luther hunts them down. Um, I don't know whether he gets a. I don't know whether he gets gets anything on it, but the the, the centre back definitely tries to make a pass, um, and and Luther's presence means it's an absolutely dreadful pass, and it ends up going into Reedy. He tries to drive into the box, diverted, um, sort of you know his pass blocks, and manages to find Luther on the edge of the area with a really, really cheeky, deft back heel. It almost doesn't travel. Um, it's just. Stopped right where, right where Luther wants it, mm-hmm. just to pass it into the bottom right hand corner, 
Um, it's the sort of finish you'd expect from a from a forward who's in superb scoring form. Uh, not for someone who plays right back and hasn't scored for two years. Um, also, just worth pointing out, it was uh, Luther's two hundredth appearance in a Stevenage shirt. Oh, nice against Grimsby. So, uh, big up Luther. Absolutely. It was a really calm finish and really nice to hear Dino sounding like a proud dad in the stands. And uh, yeah, to answer his question, what he was doing there was he was up, (laughs) he pressed, I think it was Holohan who was picking up the ball and trying to act as a quarterback and uh, had it nicked off his toes. And then, yeah, just uh, calmly stroking it home like he does it every day. It was just beautiful to see. We'll probably find that he does do it every day in training. I mean, it's just deserved for his hard work, right? I mean, I never thought I never thought I'd be in a position where I was saying Luther's out of contract in the summer and I'm desperate for Stevenage to re-sign him. You know, if you'd have asked me that, I mean, I thought I said I said in one of the first episodes we did last year towards the end of last season that one of the only players who could who was going to come out of that season with his head held truly high was Luther because he'd given absolutely everything and he was one of the best players in the side by a mile. Um, but it's the improvement that he's had over the last two to three, certainly two seasons I'll, I'll go with, is phenomenal. Like we always knew Van Kooten was good. We didn't always see it early on, but he had he had a lot of performances where we were like, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. But Luther really divided opinions because his positioning was really weird. He was always he was constantly getting caught out. He attacked fairly well, delivered a pretty decent cross to be honest. But again, it was really sort of hit and miss whether you whether you'd get it. But last season and then this season, he's just his work rate seems to have gone up, and his quality has gone up drastically. Just what a it turns out what a servant he's been to the club. It's, it, it, I wouldn't begrudge him a move to a, a bigger and better club, but boy, do I hope we keep him. I mean, he's getting a move to a bigger and better club, even if he stays. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise how young he still is. I was just trying to find yeah. um, how... 200 is obviously a significant number of appearances. How does that fit in with sort of our, some of our all-time slash... I guess last fifteen years of League Two, League One, uh, can't find it. But I didn't re- while doing that. I didn't realise he's still only twenty five years old. Um, so it's an incredible achievement, really, on his part. And yeah, I, I, I can't necessarily say that I've seen him enough this season. But I've always liked him. I always think thought he offered a bit more uh, than maybe other right backs we've had in the past. Maybe not the best defensively, but always had something about him. Uh, I always felt like there was a bit of a chance something could come from his play if he got further up the field. And yeah, this weekend was a fantastic example of that. I'm I'm just looking at the list of Stevenage um, Stevenage appearance makers, the, the top appearance makers. And this says he's had 156 appearances. I don't know when this was last updated. Could that be the league? But, but it was Dino that said it was his 200th appearance. So I'd like to imagine basically for major parts of his career at Stevenage um you know Dino was probably his only and certainly his most vociferous champion so I'd like to think it was accurate 
I mean, and now I'm looking at something else for Lufa that says he's made 174 appearances. So I don't know where. I honestly, it could be any number. Of <laughs> so facts, facts. Ridiculous. Let, let's, let's assume it is 200. Um, I did find something just then that said that uh, Robbo, the original Robbo, Mark Roberts, made 237 appearances. So actually, he's probably only a season away from breaking a record. Which there's definitely a generation of Shemish fans that. What? Robbo wasn't actually here as long yeah. as most would assume, yeah. though. You know, it was four, five years. It wasn't a great. It wasn't. It might be slightly longer than that. I should know things. We interviewed him at Christmas, but hmm. um, it's a long time ago. Lots of lots has happened. Quite um, a lot of promotions since then. Well, um, well, we've we've all the three of us. Actually, let's 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 talk about the. Let's finish talking about the game first. Um, Celebrations were absolutely breathtaking, weren't they? Like I've I've been critical of people um, for saying, "Oh, we're going to be on the pitch. I don't care if the club don't want us. I don't care that the football league. I don't care that it's illegal." Um, I'd be critical about people taking that stance because at the end of the day, it can not that it's not it's not necessarily going to cause a problem for the club, but it can cause a problem for the club. And just because other clubs haven't been punished for it in the past doesn't mean that the FA aren't going to go, do you know what, we're going to make an example out of this lot. Um, so I just think it's, it's just a little bit short-sighted of people just to go, I don't care, I'm going on, fuck them all. That being said, I enjoyed every minute stood in that media box with Steve and Dean behind me, just watching it all unfold I hate like I, I hate py- the pyro stuff, but the purple flare would look great. Everyone just in with the players. The players loved it. The fans loved it. It was phenomenal to watch, and it's been such a long time coming for that just that little bit of success that I think I'm just going to hold my hands up and say, "Fair play, enjoy it." I really enjoyed the club afterwards trying to toe the EFL line and be like, oh no, please don't go on the pitch and create us iconic images that we can use for years to come to advertise how fun our games are. Please don't do that. That would be terrible. Yeah. There's actually, yeah. I hadn't got that tone um, before the game, but certainly after the game, it was very clear that they were like, yeah, uh, we're, we're honestly fine with it. Yeah, I mean... Sorry. There was actually two stewards on the east that literally were just stood there holding the gate open. Um, so people could get on at, at yeah. one point. It's like okay. So I I I think the club sort of went right. Look, we're not going to stop. We're not going to be able to stop them doing it. So let's take a position of opening the gate and at least giving them a safe route on. Because the last yeah. thing we want is for people to get injured, people to get hurt if they're going to do it. At the, at the very least, if we can stop people getting hurt and it can all be done safely, that's better than trying to stop people and it becoming a less enjoyable and less joyous occasion. Yeah, that makes and sense. I think that's your secondary think, concern, isn't it? You've got to... Uh... Yeah, I think that's the right way of going about it. Yeah. Personally, um, I'm just looking at something else that says uh, Leaf has made 197 appearances and he scored four <laughs> goals. So, honestly, fuck knows. <laughs> um, 
I'm interested to see who these goals are against, but I, when I click the four, it doesn't link to a list of these goals. So I'm have to look at every look at the list of every single game he's had in order to I find got- it. Oh, all goals, all goals. Here we go. Ah, so he scored in a he scored a header against Newport County, and that was his first goal for the club. Yeah, season eighteen nineteen. Sorry, I probably was eighteen nineteen. was that. It was that. It was at Rodney Parade. Um, no, no. Well, I said I did. I did say home goals. Um, I don't know that you did, but okay. Well, it's fine. <laughs> no one's no one's been to Rodney oh, Parade and come back to tell the tale, as far as I'm aware. And he scored a goal against Oldham last season as well. No, that wasn't last season. The season before. Same season he's... Oh, I don't know. The co- I don't know. We the were COVID there. Season. We were yeah, there for that. We were, for that, yeah. uh, we were there for that. Uh, no, the uh, season... that. Oh, well, yeah. The, the season after it was suspended. Mm. Um, so, but yeah. So he's actually scored five goals. <laughs> goal machine. Oh, absolutely. Getting goal back. Machine. Yeah. Getting back, Steve. Um, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I, I can't imagine... Um, I can't imagine Steve... Uh, Steve wouldn't have him back. Um, so, um, how does this? Obviously, like I said earlier, we've 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 all been around for for a fair a fair number of years now. Um, we've been there for the last three um, promotions. We've been about for the last three promotions. How does this one compare to the other two? Rank them. Why not rank them? As as in like um, subjectively or objectively. <laughs> because um right. because because, right. because so, so an argument can be an argument can be made that it does sub whether you're trying to be subjective or objective it doesn't really make a difference because i forgot every, now which alan loves the caveat <laughs> because because every because everything is both subjective and objective absolutely everything it depends on you as a person when you discuss it whether it's subjective or objective it really bugs me that people think they're polar opposites because they read, because they read, they read, but they read a de- dictionary definition and just can't, can't like think for themselves about it. It, it really winds me up. They are completely, com- they can be, you can argue both sides of it and argue that everything is either subjective or objective. So, this isn't a podcast about semantics. Just fucking answer right, the so question. Subjectively. Um, prick. Slash objectively. Um, well, I don't know. I, I'm going to go total opposite of recency bias. I'm going to put this third. Um, that is mental. <laughs> it probably is mental. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll give. I'll give, I'll give I'm not going to do this. I'll rank them. I'll rank them, and I'll explain. So I'll put this one third. I'll put uh, the conference winning team second, and I'll put the League Two playoff win first Uh, and the reason I'll do that is because I remember when we got to promote into League 2 and I was telling someone someone this story actually on the weekend when Steamage went out from the conference League 2 Nate and I didn't necessarily know all that many people that used to go watch Stevenage and we thought right we're in with the big boys the stadium is going to be packed Everyone is going to want a bit of Stevenage versus Macclesfield Town. Um, was it Macclesfield Town? I think it was. Um, 
probably was. Probably, uh, Peter from right. Tensi scored. Um, it's Chilwell. Anyway, uh, we, we got there dead early thinking it's going to be rammed. And we got there and it seemed a bit quiet. We thought, oh, maybe everyone's inside. And we got there and there was no one inside. It's just, there, was no, there was zero impact. Like the town and uh, the casuals, as we would probably refer to them more now, just did not care. Didn't really care about Steamage now that they were one division higher. And rather than playing Altrincham, they were playing. Um, are you telling me that Stevenage Macclesfield isn't a bigger draw than whoever the fuck Arsenal are playing versus whoever <laughs> exactly Highbury? Wild. I'm, um, I'm. Do you know what? I'm a bit lost. I don't know what game you're talking about. Yeah, the first ever Stevenage in the football league game. Um, but yeah, so um, I prefer, I, yeah, I don't I, know who. I remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Macclesfield Town. You can you look it up. Um, we played Tamworth oh. quite early on, I think, as well. Whatever happened to Manchester no, that, Town, that by the, the way? So our first, our first, um, nice bat. Our Pat. first game in the conference winning season was a one-all draw with Town. Oh no, 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 no! The one after the, the first League Two season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you mentioned Tamworth, and I'm just telling okay, you when thanks. that was. Um, um, so, so yeah, FC. right. Back, back to my point. My subjective slash objective ranking. Um, no one gave a shit, and I thought, yeah. you know. Going from the conference, I was expecting that sort of a bit of a big bang moment that never really existed. And I think from that, in my mind, it made me just realise how people just still considered little old Stevenage to be insignificant. And I had such little expectations for that season going up a level that we'd never been to before. And the fact that we were able to go up through the playoffs, you know, the playoffs is a bit of a you know, it's a bit of a jungle. Anything could happen. It's the Wild West. Whatever description you want to slap on it. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we, yeah. we snuck in with my most favourite goal I like to talk about, as Nate will tell anyone, Ben May equaliser against Eric <laughs> in like the 85th minute or something like that. Every time <laughs> I've ever seen Ben May mentioned on Twitter, Alan's in the reply saying he scored my favourite ever. No, Steve not favourite. <laughs> One of, most, one, of my, one of the most important, though. But yeah, going to, you know, that was that was a great game. We did, almost didn't make the playoffs. No one still still no one gave a, a shit about Stevenage Football Club. And to then go get to the playoffs, get to the final, um, and win, I was just uh, euphoric. I think um, I, I, to me, it just broke all expectations. Uh, and then to quickly recap on the others, uh, the conference winning side, I I felt like. Well, it, it was deserved. It was, it was, it was, it's something that should have happened long prior to that, and that just felt like a vindication moment. And I think that you know, revenge is a dish best served cold. And from that perspective, uh, yeah, that, that that meant a lot. And that makes that sort of may sound like I'm diminishing the you know the achievements of this season, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> maybe I am, but I just think maybe the others. I, I guess in a way they just shocked me. I guess we've just been so good for so long this, this season. I actually think it's. Um, I'm less shocked. I'm less shocked. I was, the others shocked me, or it, you, it really stirred something in me. It's a little bit extra than this one, but this is still an incredible. You achievement. and you and Steve Evans are the only people in the world not surprised by Stephen's going up this season. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> um, so, Matt, so Matt, you're, you're, do you know what? I've got to give you props, right? 
7th of August 2010, our first game in the Football League, Macclesfield Town at home, two all result, and Peter Vincenti did score a goal. Do you know who ever scored the other goal? Uh, for Stevenage. Yeah, I'm really annoyed <laughs> if you get this right. Um, I really wish I had it on my phone and I, I cheated that I remembered what happened in that <laughs> Um, no, I imagine it's someone that maybe wasn't around all that much longer. Um, I kind of want to go with Stacey Long. I'm sort of turning between Stacey Long and Peter Gri- uh, Charlie Griffin. Who went Peter Griffin? That's <laughs> <laughs> likely, possible. Um, I'd guess Scott Laird. Yeah, I, no, I don't know. Choose one. Uh, Stacey, Stacey Long. Um, and here's here's a here's a strange a a really strange thing our attendance that day was 3,533 which was exactly 3,000 people fewer than that were there Saturday yeah as I said I expected the bang and the bang just didn't happen so yeah, the, the, I mean, obviously, all, yeah. all great. Yeah, no, but it, did, it didn't. That's a really low, that's a really small, um, small. I've actually done an additional sort of thing on why the, the playoff also added a little something for me. So I went with my dad, so it was at Old Trafford. It was the year that May and I got mm-hmm. spanked in the Champions League final um, at Wembley to Barca, right? Um, three, three, yeah. One, yeah. Um, didn't see any of it because it's traveling back from Old Trafford. But um, my dad never goes to away games, ever. Ever, ever. And if there's ever a drive, he's just not interested. Uh, so it's one of the very few times I've ever been to a away game with my dad. And we got tickets early. And you didn't get to where you sat. You just got a ticket you were given. And we were sat in the front row. And I thought, this is shit. Uh, but we had a view basically perfectly from behind John Massinio's goal. So we could sort of follow it in all the way from where we were. And then at the end, uh, Graham Wesley, who was obviously manager at the time, um, I don't know why he did this. He handed the, the trophy into the front row so that people could have a hold. Um, so I, I actually got a hold. I don't know if I was meant to this, but I went for a kiss as well. Planted a smacker on the lead two trophy. So that was just a little bit of extra. If, if you don't, if you don't kiss the trophy you've won, then have you really won it? Exactly. exactly. It was pre-COVID. You're never going to get that chance again. You got it. pre-COVID. There was definitely no qualms about that in my mind. So yeah, uh, I, I, I still think from an achievement, that's one that really. I'll get, still stick it first, but there was definitely some extra stuff in there that made it extra personal for me in my subjective slash objective yeah. opinion. Yeah, uh, you're wrong, um, <laughs> <laughs> Pat. Um, I think I mean this season has been probably the second best Stevenage season I've been a fan of, and the one we finished in the playoffs in League One, edging it out just for. How much we punched above our weight that season. Sheer banter. Mm, yeah. Yeah. In terms of promotions, I think winning the conference is probably the toughest to achieve because it's one or done, right? Mm-hmm. Or it was then. So it's win it or nothing. This one second and playoffs third. I don't think the conference was as difficult then as it is now to win. Not even remotely. We. We were f- and we were fucking electric that season. Um, we ran away with it and won it almost towards the end of the season. That cancer is fan- fantastic. So I would say it's, this is top because of where we've been for the last two or three, four, even five seasons. Right, like 
it's been really shit. I mean, barring Ilias Chair coming in and having a worldie of a second half of the season, when's the last time we had a good season? Graham Wesley? Yeah. Playoffs against South End? And that wasn't yeah. all sunshine and rainbows, was it? That was a really dodgy start to the season. And then things sort of picked up a little bit later on. And we made a charge and, and scraped ourselves into the playoffs. I think this one, for how long things have been shit, I think this one has been fucking absolutely insane. And it might be my favourite year of football ever. Well, yeah, 59. Just, Steve, just Stevenage for sure absolutely just my favourite Stevenage season the conference season is is second I didn't go to nearly as many games as I would have liked that season because I was young and poor and stupid um, and the the following season where we went up through the playoffs um, that probably has possibly the most entertaining game of football I've, one of the most entertaining games of football I've ever been been to with a three-all draw against Berry, which sealed our sixth-place finish and getting Wild. us into the uh, the thingy. The thing. I mean, Lady's shot that day was Lady's uh, shot that day was mental. Stephen Schumacher scored two two goals, one which was shite and one which was like a 30, 35 yard screamer, cool. and then and then uh, Ben May leveling things up three minutes later with possibly the worst goal in history um, <laughs> the be- the worst most important goal in the, history the best worst goal yeah yeah it's just abs- absolutely absurd um and you know checking our phones constantly and you know back in the day when signal at a football stadium was unheard of trying to find out what Notts County were doing um i think they lost that day which sealed our uh, sealed us our um our run running uh, position in the playoffs. So that's our second whatever happened to them club of the uh, pod. Uh, well, they're coming back up, so maybe not. Uh, or are you talking I, about Barry? County. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck them. Um, oh, do you know what's weird? The worst thing about them probably coming up is the fact that they're going to be talking about how they're the foot- oldest football league club in the world again. Does it count if you fucked off for a no, minute? No, I don't think so. Um, they will. They will absolutely think so. They'll put that sign back up and everything. Your um, blemished record. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's got an asterisk, like Liverpool's Premier League win recently. Um, yeah, no, I've got to go this, this, this season on top. It's just been stunning from start to finish. You know, there's been bumps. We had... We had a wobble and a wobble squared, which Pat hated. Um, <laughs> we, we had uh, that FA Cup run nearly ruined everything, did, yeah. which is weird to think about. That Stoke game, you like even even though we sort of came back into it and equalised, but then and then and then you know, sort of, I don't want to say capitulated because the referee fucks us, but uh, sort of capi- sort, sort of capitulated a little bit. And you, by the end of that game, you could just see how dead they all were. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> I've got a bad feeling. And, you know, we, it's incredible to think somehow we've managed to make it to what we want, 82 points now. Yep. Which is just, I think I, I, off the top of my head, that's 40 more than we achieved last season. Sounds about yeah, right. Probably. Doesn't, 
which is wild. And we top the we top the league we top the league for home records. There's not a team at home in League Two that's done better than us at home all season. Um, and other than other than uh, Orient, no one no one else is even remotely close to us either, which is quite staggering. Our f- away form has really been. I see a lot of young people using this phrase online. So, I'm so, I'm so, there it is. I was going to say, I'm really reluctant. I'm really reluctant to use it because I don't want to sound like a a trendy arsehole. But um, yeah, it's been very mid. It's the dream away from home compared to the last decade. That's true. It is. And, and, and what, what have I said? If you, can, if you can manage a point per game away from home, that's in my book. That's more than fifty percent of the battle because it's your it, your home record is always the one that should be up there and dragging you up the uh, dragging you up the league. If you can go away and take a point on the road every single game, you've done it. You've had an absolute worldie. And I'm just gonna have a look to see what our points per game is for away. And if I swear to God, if it's like one, I'm gonna say that's a stunning result all season, and I'm gonna take back everything I've just said. <laughs> I mean, it certainly will be a victory next season because blimey, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I think that's the that's 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 a massive battle, isn't it? I think next season's the 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 point where we have to fix that. Uh, I, I think we have to be better away from home. Um, yeah. I, 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 I would t- I'd take a point point per game <laughs> away from home next season on average. Uh, well. We've averaged one point three two points away from home. We've, we've we've managed twenty nine points away from home. So, I'm talking at my ass. <laughs> six 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 wins, eleven draws, and five. How's that compare? So, how does that compare to everyone else? Literally. How does that sorry? compare to everyone else? Salford the top, then Bradford, then Orient, Northampton, Stockport, Mansfield, Carlisle, Newport, Grimsby, Stevenage. So we're mid. We are proper mid. We're tenth. Yeah, I'm just pleased that we're getting rid of some of these bogey teams. Hopefully, because they can't all go up. Um, well, uh, like, well, well, yeah, no, you are right. We're, I thought you said we're getting rid of them, as in we're breaking the duck against them, and we no, really not. but we're, we're well, <laughs> if, we, if we don't play them, then we probably aren't going to lose to them. Probably, um, like Salford. I just hate having to play Salford um, because I just know we're going to lose every pretty much every game <laughs> whenever we play them. Yeah. Uh, Northampton, obviously, that's been a, a real bogey place for us to go for a number of years Carlisle I've seen us lose home and away numerous times um, mm-hmm. so you know it'd be good to you know we've probably got a lot of teams we've hardly ever played or we might have sort of at least an even re- history record against you know like of Peterborough and teams like that so um, mm-hmm. yeah it's exciting really exciting it's definitely exciting to see some of the teams that we've you know I've got a really good friend who's a Bolton fan and we talked forever about Steven Gerrard playing Bolton and that whole concept seemed hilarious when we were younger because they were playing in, you know, they were playing Bayern Munich and we were playing Alfreton Town. Um, <laughs> sorry, Alfreton. Yeah, that was sorry, Alfreton. Uh, and then the, the, one, the one year that we actually got to play them was the COVID year. Uh, we lost twice and we didn't get to go to the game anyway. So, uh, yeah, there's just so many teams that I look forward to us, you know, giving an absolute blast into. I can't wait to beat Sheffield Wednesday again. 
mate, we're not going to be playing unless we meet in the cups, so it's academic. <laughs> oh dear, right. Uh, let's talk about those bloody northern scallies that we've got to go and play against this come. Well, not this coming Monday because this is coming Monday, Monday yeah. because I don't know what day it is. Um, so it's Monday, Monday the eighth uh, of May. It's a twelve thirty kickoff at Holker Street, which uh, might be the worst venue to have to end a season at. Um, our previous meetings with them, uh, we won five nil this season. Uh, last season at Barrow was a nil nil with both teams having a man sent off. Um, at home last season, we beat them one nil. We've got a pretty good record against them. Um, we've not lost. We've not actually lost to Barrow. Um, two draws and four wins. That's really nice. Comfortable record for us. Uh, Barrow's uh, recent results this season don't make for particularly good reading. Uh, in the last six, they have four losses, a draw and a win. Although they did beat Barrow 4-0. Barrow beat Barrow? Earlier on. In, early on. Sorry, they beat Crawley 4-0. Um, although he doesn't beat Bob Crawley. But they did just lose to Hartlepool, who are already relegated 3-1. They lost three one. Barrow did have two men sent off, so you know that's it, it's, it's always going to be difficult to to win that game, isn't it? Heads on um, the beach already, then. Well, to be fair, one of they they those were they were already two one down, and it was a 79th and ninety fifth minute. So I'm not sure it makes a significant amount of difference. Does Barrow have a beach? Um, it doesn't Does much. It? Yeah, it's it's probably shit, but they do have one. Um, I don't think Pat meant they're on the beach in the UK somehow. I, I can't imagine the Barrow players holidaying in Barrow in the summer. No, that wasn't the uh, thought. <laughs> we haven't done this for a while. Let's have a prediction. Wow. Um, I mean, both sets of players have absolutely nothing on it. So it's either going to be a really drab nil-nil or something oh, wild yeah. and pre-season-y. So I'm going to go <laughs> Barrow 2, Stevenage 3. Oh, didn't expect that. Um, looking at Barrow's recent scoring form, failed to score in three of the last four. So I'm going to give Barrow a big fat zero. And I'll give us a two, just because I think... Uh, you know, it's an opportunity for some of our players that maybe are on the fringes trying to get a contract for next year to show Big Steve what they've got. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a good time for a McKeesey Evans hat trick, isn't it? Uh, a double's fine. Oh, boys. Um, I think uh, I think Daryl Horgan's going to have a 10 out of 10 appearance. He's going to run his arse off and he's going to score four. We're going to wow. win five nil. You heard it here first and last because that's ridiculous. As, as, <laughs> as someone that's never actually seen Daryl Horgan play, um, you were there this. You were there uh, Saturday. Did he play? He came on for a couple oh, of minutes. Right. Yeah, you're right. Don't worry. Then I won't ask the question. I've, I've, I've got my own assumption, own uh, thoughts. And no, go on. I was just going to say, is he a keeper? No. I, I mean, so. he barely touched the ball, right? 
the most memorable thing he did was give away a penalty, which is not a good sign. Mm. And it's yeah, and it's possibly the worst tackle, like the, the the not the worst. That's unfair. The dumbest tackle I've ever seen anybody try to make because he was just on the wrong side of the ball from the second he went anywhere near it. Yeah, it was and, only ever going to end one way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pat, do you have an extra time? Oh, I can do. Stall, 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 stall. <laughs> Well, while you're thinking about that, let's have a look at the league table. Mansfield Town, uh, they are currently three points outside of the playoffs um, and they are th- three points behind Carlisle, Salford and Bradford. Bradford currently have a game in hand, which I believe plays tonight. Possibly tonight. I think tomorrow, actually. Um, you've got Bradford in seventh. 44 played for 75 points. Salford, 45 played, 75 points. Carlisle, 45 played, 75 points. Stockport County, 45 played, 78 points. Northampton, uh, 45 played, 80 points. And then the Mighty Borough, 45 played, 82 points. Uh, And then finally, you have Leighton Orient, eight points clear at the top, 90 points from 45 played which two points per game over the course of a season is outrageous. Crew play, crew play Bradford tomorrow. Crew, and it's exactly, exactly it is. isn't it? Crew sitting um, 16th in the table. That's a very good, that's a very nice game for Bradford to have. It is. I, um, I would love that game as a, as, a, as a game in hand against the others. So I would suggest that tomorrow... Evening, you're probably looking at Bradford sitting a di- uh, level on points with Stockport County. How fun it would be if Northampton choke again. Mansfield have already choked by the looks of things, and uh, Northampton look like they might do it again. Who have they got last? They've got Tranmere away. Oh, yeah, they're probably going to win that one. Well, Tranmere are 11. And Stockport have Hartlepool relegated. Well. Hartlepool. Relegated Hartlepool. Yeah. Yeah. Northampton don't have a particularly good um, goal difference compared to a lot of the teams immediately below them, like Stockport, Carlisle, um, Bradford if they win to uh, what tomorrow. Or even South uh South Florida, not far enough. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's definitely a draw is not enough for Northampton, is what I'd say. The Northampton and Stockport games are both televised, being televised. So that obviously means Bradford are going to be the ones going up. <laughs> not Stockport. Oh, imagine, imagine needing to care about goals. Sorry, difference. not Stockport. No, because it's on TV. Stockport is. I think Stockport both... deserve to go up one way or another because I think over the second half of the season they've been fantastic. They have, they have, yeah. Um, if you look, if if you look at them post Christmas, uh, I believe they're currently the form team in the in the division after, after this this year. Um, if they'd have played even a month longer in the form they've been in, they'd be right up there with Orient. That's that's how good they've been this second half of the season. I hate to give them props because their fans are generally ourselves, but <laughs> fair's fair, I suppose. You're probably safe. None of them will hear that. No. It's all right. I tweeted it and got absolutely pelters off of about 
12 of them of course you did. Season, so. <laughs> it's fine. It's interesting that they cared enough what a Stevenage fan thought of them. Bizarre. Or protective <laughs> of their own patch, right? Yeah. Overly protective of their own patch, which is a, which is a dump. Um, like Stevenage isn't. Um, I guess that's it for today. Anything? Else? Oh, sorry, no, Pat. You've got your extra time. I forced you to get one, and I was going to end it before you, before you brought it out. <laughs> I have, yeah. Okay, so um, I want to hear your most kind of unusual circumstances for brushing in to a sportsman, and I will start you off with mine. Um, we've had a few contenders come up, the uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan in Leicester Forest East ones up there, but not as unusual <laughs> as uh, meeting Craig Reed standing in. Uh, well, minimal clothing in a wheelie bin full of ice at the training ground as I went out to play one day and having a really awkward conversation with him about the game on the weekend. That, that is that is a bit bizarre. What, what, it's an image. I think I, what was what was the conversation I might, like? I don't know if I had to ask questions just, in this segment. Well, I can. I complimented a bit of his play, and then I realised starting a conversation with someone who's standing pretty much naked in a bin good. outside. It's like. He doesn't want to be talking to me now, but I've started the conversation, so now I can't leave. All the while, Craig's thinking, please oh, fuck off. I wish this guy would leave, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bet I know Alan's. <laughs> Stood in remix and hitching in the toilets, having a piss next to John Ashton. Um, Were you in fancy dress? <laughs> or was he in fancy dress? So... I vaguely oh. remember you telling me something about having a pee next to one of them and you all oh, were fancy yeah, I've met dress. many a Stephen Inch ex-player in Hitchin. I used to see Robbo all the time in um, The Ivory, which was an absolute hole of a... The Ivory, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, you're, you're, you're wrong with Remix, I don't know what that is. That sounds too new. Um, I also remember seeing, after one end of season, like final fixture of the season, I remember seeing... Dino and Chris Beardsley in Hermitage. You know, any of these shows want to, oh, any of these places want to uh, sponsor the show. I'm sure the guys would gladly take any sponsorship. Um, Especially those that are still open. <laughs> Not from the Ivory. The Ivory is the Hermitage is. Um, it would be a very upmarket sponsor. Uh, mm. Also, remember going with a friend again near the end of the season up to Tom Conman, uh, Dale Gorman, and Fraser Franks. And had a picture with them, and they weren't too keen. And then, like a week later, like these guys were all released, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, that that explains a lot. Um, but <laughs> you are right, Nate. Um, the weirdest one is definitely John Ashton, big John Ashton. He was absolutely mortal um, in Asinski's Hitchin. You can tell when all my haunts were growing up, um, pre-children, and dreadful. Um, Yes, I was on a football social uh, dressed like Where's Wally? And I do have a picture somewhere of me, John Ashton, and I tried to talk to him, and he just gave me the look, similar to the Craig Reed look of do not give a shit what you're saying to me. I'm, I'm on the piss. Do one, please. But you know, he, he was very polite. I could just, there was a vibe. And then, yeah, the next morning I forgot that it happened, and then I saw the picture. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I can see if I was him, I wouldn't want them talking to me either. <laughs> I've got 
I've got a few. Uh, bumping into Bozzy at a service station on the way to uh, the Aston Villa game uh, on the Friday uh, was 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 a bit weird. Um, seeing the whole squad get off a train at uh, King's Cross, wanting to go in a grab Steve Bruce and have a picture with him, but he looked like he was about to rip someone's head off. Um, so in the end, settling for a picture with Tom Huddleston, who looked delighted to be stood taking photos with random fuckers. <laughs> um, but my weirdest and favourite one is seeing Alan Shearer on a train and calling him a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, it would involve insulting someone. I should have guessed. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong, am I? No, no comment. Comment. There we go. Um, I bet Drakkers has got a great answer Mm. for this one. We'll ask him later and tweet it. Yeah, that's it. And by that, and by that, I mean I won't ask him and I won't tweet it. Homework for all the listeners: send us yours, and then we'll know if you got to the end of the pod as well. Yeah, (laughs) I look forward. I look forward to the four replies we get. All four (laughs) of which will be from Boulders. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, borders. He needs to come on this show. Yeah. Been on yet. If we can get one of the four daisies in the country uh, as one of our recording days, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, you know that that French French broadband ain't worth shit, is it? We fine. Apparently not. <laughs> oh, get out! Uh, <laughs> I'm not acknowledging that, Alan. Thanks for being here. Um, for your for your uh, debut appearance, good to be here. Thank um, you. Hopefully, hope, hopefully you can rock up to a few more games next season. I told yeah. the guys if we if you need a win, you know where to find me. Um, I think it's starting to fund, uh, so that I, <laughs> so that there's as few obstacles as possible for me to get to go to games, and uh, yeah, see some more wins out the borough. I assume I assume we're doing Wigan. Away next year, possibly Bolton away. Uh, Keen and Keen <laughs> and uh, Derby. Um, one, one, yeah. Derby's actually um, so in my youth, I used to, very little youth. I used to like Liverpool for this game. I went to go see Liverpool play, and actually at Pride Park, so um, that's got a nice sort of memory for me. Not that it's called that anymore. Same place though, right? Yeah, yeah. All six feet from the station, so it's a good one to go for. Yeah. Especially when I tend to drive. Um, Pat, as ever, thanks, mate. You're welcome. It's been fun. It has. Um, all that's left to say is we are going up. Woo! We are League One. Up the borough. Woo! So, it's all right, mate. I'll, cl- I'll, I'll clip that first, woo, so it doesn't sound like you were hilariously out of time. That's fine. Woo! I don't mind two woos. <laughs> They're both woo-worthy. I mean... It- Without even without Alan's one, it's four weeks now. I don't know why we're talking about this. Up the borough. See you later.
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.